You are listening to the Random Movie Men podcast. Hi, I'm Steve French. And I'm Paul Whitehouse. And this is the fifth edition of the Random Movie Men podcast. And this month we will be talking about the 2018 Netflix film Apostle, which was directed and written by Gareth Evans and starred Dan Stevens, Michael Sheen and a host of others. So we're going to uh, start off with a, a bit of a synopsis about the film and then we'll both give our opinions on it. We'll talk about some of the uh, the key sort of plot points that set up the film. Uh, but of course we will leave the spoilers out till after the spoiler siren, usually somewhere near halfway through the podcast. Yeah, we'll see how things go. So um, Steve, I believe you're going to uh, start us off with a, a synopsis of Apostle. Yeah, so Apostle opens with, with Dan Stevens' character talking to his father and in, it becomes apparent that his sister has been taken kidnapped and taken across to a remote island. The synopsis on, on the internet says it's set in 1905 but it never says particularly when it's set in the film and the island that he is going to travel to to try and find his sister is a sort of a remote Welsh island. So he manages to stow aboard a boat that goes across to this island where a religious cult, in essence, uh, live with the prophet Malcolm, played by Michael Sheen, who leads this small community. And um, and it becomes immediately apparent that the prophet is sort of very overseeing of the entire village and um, everything he says goes kind of thing. And within their religion, there, this this prophet Malcolm is kind of quite blood focused. That they're into, they'll do bloodletting and you know looking to feed the earth almost with blood, as it seems. And then sort of the, then the story then unfolds from there. You're meeting different people on the island, their interactions with each other, and um, and the relationship they have with. Especially, there's a lot of uh, family relations here, mothers and. Uh, fathers and daughters, fathers and sons, uh, and how they interact um, on this island. But it's set only over a couple of days, so it's all very, very swift. And that's probably the first sort of 20 minutes or so of the movie. And then uh, as Thomas is looking for his sister further, he kind of gets more into the underbelly of the, of the cult. And there's always this something in the background... Behind the scenes, the Prophet Malcolm and his like two main guys, um, Quinn and Frank, they are they they've known Malcolm for a long time. It would appear they followed him where he's gone, and then and but then they're always talking about other things that the rest of the village aren't going to know about about whether they're going to be running out of food at any time soon, or you know the reason why they've kidnapped Thomas's sister mm. um, and those sorts of things. So that's and so during his investigation, it, the, the story then starts to really unfold from that point onwards. Yeah, and I think one of the things that kind of comes across is that uh, Frank and Quinn uh, are the two guys who kind of helped set up the, the island and, and the settlement originally along with Malcolm. And um, one of the things they talk about is... Um, telling this tale that Thomas's sister came to the island as a spy, which is why they've helped her take her and, and keep her prisoner. Yeah. Because um, they believe that somebody from the mainland, the, the sort of armed forces are going to come and try and destroy what they've built up. Yeah, and, and that's also not unfounded because during the course of the first half an hour of the film, they there is a man who is there to send from yeah. king and country, as it were, yeah. to to go and, and try and remove Malcolm the Prophet from yeah. from this um, this village. So there, there's a certain amount of deceit in the background, but at the same time, they're spinning this web of lies that encompasses just enough of the truth to sort of keep the, the village going. My initial impression from the film, especially that first bit, is that it's really overtly creepy and it's, it's trying to be creepy. It really wears its 
part on his sleeve in a way, and in, in, you know, he shows his colour straight away. Yeah. Saying, we're making a horror film, we're making a creepy film. And so, you know, generally speaking, the, the opening part of the film I thought was quite intriguing, sets up the film really well. And it introduces some of those key characters, because yeah. I, I guess one of the things is Thomas arrives on the island as a stranger to everybody. So he arrives with no trust of anybody on the island. And then as he as he meets the different characters, he either finds the ones who are uh, wary of him, the ones who come alongside and, and kind of try and be friendly and offer him advice. And then he also finds ways to, I guess, manipulate people to helping him try and find his sister through the things he finds out about them as well. Yeah, I mean, the first night he's there when he's... They've had the day, he's been to the church, initial meetings, finds out a bit more about the, the community, and then he's on the lookout for his sister, and that very same evening he's out and about, and he witnesses a bloodletting in the household. But while he's out and about sneaking around, he sees a young boy, and immediately he's then able to, say, you know, use that young boy yeah. as his charge... To, yeah. say, to help him, you know, investigate because he knows the young boy was up to no good. He was out with yeah. his girlfriend when they shouldn't be out. So immediately he's got something over, you know, a key member of the community yeah. because that member of the community is Frank's son. And Frank is one of the sort of, you know, the, the founding members of the, of the community. So what also I liked about it is that it didn't shy away from the supernatural stuff within the first hour it does really open the viewer to see that all lots of things are going on lots of supernatural things are going on and one of those things is that he finds a a hut out in the woods and he goes to the hut because he thinks that's where he'll find his sister and goes in and while he's in there goes into like a basement area and then He's being followed. He thinks he's, his life's in danger, which he is. Yeah. And so he lowers himself into kind of a sewer area yeah. where he comes face to face with a woman who he doesn't know who she is or yeah. what she is, but she, she's quite scary. Yeah. He, he gets into the tunnel, doesn't he, under um, the Prophet Malcolm's house. Mm. And, that, and he's heading towards he does, the, yeah, hut. the house. Yeah, that's and it. that's when he's kind of heading towards this hut and... And, and like you say, he meets this woman who um, her role kind of develops later in the film. We find out a bit more about <coughs> who she is and why she's there. But this sort of confrontation with her in this sewer, which is kind of very claustrophobic and, and it adds to that creepy, supernatural kind of part of the story. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to go too much more on the story no. before you get into kind of spoiler territory. What did you... Because um, it's quite a violent film, all the way through, really. What did you make of that? Well, to be honest, in some ways it was less violent than I was expecting. You know, I'd heard sort of little snippets of reviews and I'd sort of seen clips and I was expecting maybe something that was a bit more violent. And, and the violence that's there is... It, it's not there for no reason, do you know what I mean? It's kind yeah. of used within the story. and So, yeah, I didn't think it was kind of overdone. It, it maybe didn't need any more than it had. Yeah. So I was pleasantly surprised, I guess, that there was probably slightly less violence than I was expecting. Because I think any more than it might have gone into hostile territory. Yeah, because it's... I, I find it interesting, the violence in cinema generally, but the you know violence in this film... I didn't feel like it was in there to shock, necessarily. But what I find interesting about um, Gareth Evans in particular is that his, the violence that he uses in his films, because he also directed The Raid and The Raid 2, are really visceral, really, you know, when, when people are fighting, it doesn't, it looks like people are really fighting. It, yeah. You know, there isn't... It does, you know, it's a proper, I don't know, like you, a body blow kind of thing. You really feel, yeah. you know, it makes your heart race a little bit and you're really with the characters as they're, as they're in fighting each other. And then he also, he doesn't often cut the camera away from what is happening. 
So he will show you the you know the the full impact of what's happened. Yeah. So some directors would maybe begin something that you know is just about to happen and then cut away. Yeah. And very effectively, if you take Best of Our Dogs, for example, yeah, works really really well with um, Vince. Yeah, Michael Madsen Madsen with the cutting. But in this, he kind of follows through with those consequences of this is what's happened and then this is the full consequence of what they've done. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because some other people might go halfway and show you a bit of it and then cut away. So you've got that fleeting image and then it's cut away. And so the difference here is and with the Tarantino is that Tarantino shows you nothing Gareth Evans shows you everything for me I think that's really interesting that he tries to do something a bit different and you know and clearly this film is immediately after the first thing is going to get an 18 certificate and he's not worried about that and I think that it's quite a a brave decision to make in direction to say yeah we're going to show all that yeah in this film the violence kind of builds don't it so we get those early moments of violence but then as the film develops people become aware of what is happening around them the the violence kind of naturally builds as part part of the consequences of the 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 threads that the story follows yeah so i think probably one thing that's worth pointing out at this point is that there's been obvious comparisons made to films like the wicker man yeah, and the the you know it, it is is treading on those things, and I'm sure we'll come to um, you know what to remind you of. And I've got a couple of things I was thinking all the way through, but the Wicked Man will be one. You know, anything where there's a particular kind of culty cult feel yeah. to it. I mean, this is extremely heavy on religion, even though it's. An, an, a cult religion as opposed to you know extreme yeah. Christianity or anything like that yeah so the I think it does suffer slightly from being very similar to other stuff so what else did you what else were you reminded of then when you weirdly the thing it reminded me almost mostly of was The Shining really yeah in what way in what way the Dan Stevens' character has got a real Jack Nicholson look about him. A re- in, in particular frames of the film. Yeah. Because when he... This is another thing that annoyed me a little bit about the film. Was you that, mean in look? He looks like Jack Nicholson. Like in his Jack expression, because I, I don't think he particularly looks like him. No. But... The hair maybe. Maybe the hair, but in his expression yeah. and the way he acts it, right. he's kind of tilts his head forward and looks up through his eyes, giving right. him a real arch around his eyebrows, right. like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Um, but the other thing, but then to, to step on from there, though, it re- I felt that there, although there was this cult and you've got the Prophet Malcolm... It very much felt like the island played a large part of what was happening to everyone on the island. Right. Just as the Overlook Hotel does within the Shire. Yeah. yeah. So although and then there were the, the woman who he sees in the you know, under in the sewer reminded me a lot of the woman in the bath. Just some very odd little bits just reminded me of like when the twins appear in the corridor. It, it was really strange that I yeah. had this immediate kind of yeah. look about it, but it started with the way Dan Stevens' character was. Yeah. And there was little things. There was There's a scene where there's a guy sat in the bar rolling a glass backwards yeah. and forwards, yeah. and, they, and that reminded me of the bar scene in the Overlook Hotel yeah. with, the, with the bar, because there is a barman there. And then... Anything else? And then the, the only other thing that really that I thought about right at the very, very beginning, I recently read a book called uh, Black House by Peter May set in, I think it's set, I was set on the Isle of Lewis, but during the book, right. the men of Lewis go to this island in the far North Atlantic to, um, to cull birds 
for a delicacy. And while their approach to this tiny island, and they spend two weeks on this little tiny island, mm. that made that reminded me of that book. What about you? I don't know. Maybe because I went into it kind of knowing that comparisons had been made to the command. Maybe right. that was the one that obviously jumped out. I mean, there's there's a lot of similarities, you know, in the sense of it's an island. Yeah. The journey there on the boat, arriving as a stranger, the, the kind of patriarchal sort of religious leader figure, you know. And there's, there's, there are an awful lot of similarities to that film. Um, but other than that, I don't know. It, it kind of almost reminded me in some ways of some of the sort of old school kind of hammer horror type films. A lot of those had that, the kind of religious thread running through them yeah and and that that it reminded me of some of those kinds of films yeah it really did also remind me of a film that came out a couple of years ago called the witch i don't know if yeah. you've seen that and that's a kind of a very religiously led but it's not a cult but it's you know extremely religious i think it's set in like the 18th century yeah and you know, and they're like they're you know fundamental Christians. Yeah. In that film, but again, they've got you know there's a certain amount of sacrifice and, and those yeah. kinds of things, and especially with the with the blood stuff in this. Yeah. That you kind of really, really comes through, and you know in this film, the bloodletting, and then when he goes to his room and everyone's put their own kind of little blood sacrifice yeah. in a pot outside there room for someone to take away yeah that that was a really strong theme all the way through yeah so what did you particularly like about it anything yeah i liked a lot about it actually yeah. i mean there was there was a lot of stuff i did like about it um it, it certainly kept my attention i thought i think the creepy vibe and the tension building as the you know, the guy goes to the island and then slowly as the story develops and, and these sort of, you know, different threads start to, to come into play and develop and 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 you get the idea of sort of things closing in on him a little. I really liked that, the way it built that tension up. Um, and there are some, some real moments in there where you kind of hold your breath a little because you're sort of thinking, what's going to happen? Um I'll be honest, right, Michael Sheen is a, a, an actor that I sometimes struggle with. Right. I, I do sometimes struggle with him. I don't know what it is about him. There's just something about him that I struggle with. Having said that, I, I got on with him in this film. I liked him in I this I liked film. him in this. I I know. I, um, I don't think I have any... I don't think I've ever seen anything which I haven't enjoyed him in. So. I think I liked him in this because he kind of toned it down a little. Do you know what I mean? He often yeah. plays quite loud, brash... You know characters, and in this he sort of he was menacing, but in a very sort of low key way almost at yeah. times. And I think I liked that. Yeah, I thought he was very good actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I there was a lot to like about it. The fi- the feel of the film was very good. I was there was parts of it which I thought were really dark, and I was really struggling to make out what was happening. Right. You know, and I understand that you know. It, the time is set, there isn't electricity, those sorts of things. So you, you get trying to get that across. Yeah. And some of the some of the scenes where I, I felt it was dark, it needs to be because the where they are. Yeah. But at the same time, it kind of kept referring to little bits here and there. And I was yeah. struggling to know what actually they were even referring to. Right. So I found that a little bit difficult. And then but generally, and then I just thought it was a bit too long. I, th- I, I think it could have easily been 20 minutes shorter. Yeah, maybe. But nothing that I would say, oh, you definitely just cut lose that, that scene or, or cut that. that. Yeah. It was just little, it would have just been little bits here and there because it was just quite long. Yeah, but it was it was very enjoyable. I thought all, all the performances were really good. I thought the two um, young females leads in it. Yeah. Um, were really really good they kind of stop it from being overly macho in a way yeah because it's i mean it's 
a very sort of patriarchal community, isn't it? And actually, father-child relationships yeah. are much more important in this film than the role of mother. You know, oh, definitely. Sort of mothers. Yeah. In fact, there's a surprising lack of women in the community. Yeah, well, you kind of just see them in the background. You do, don't yeah. You? They're yeah. kind of meandering around and doing their own things in the background. The focus is very much on the, the fathers. And, and then you get sons and daughters who are key children of, of those main. It's kind of really um, Malcolm and Frank and Quinn and their children. They're, they're some of the key stories. Yeah. And I like the two characters, uh, Frank and Quinn. Yeah. Because I thought they, if you'd have just had the Prophet Malcolm as kind of the main male character, I think it would have given him too much to kind of convey and portray in the story. Yeah. So I like the fact that you've got Frank and you've got Quinn, who are almost kind of opposites, if you see what I mean. Yeah. They almost could represent the kind of the, the, the dark side and the light side of Malcolm. Yeah. And I, I think the guy who played Frank is a guy called Paul Higgins. is a Scottish actor who I've seen in a couple of things, but notably in, he was in In the Loop and uh, plays a very, very sweary politician day kind of thing in that. And uh, I thought he was really, really good. You know, and his relationship with his son was, I thought, expressed really well in this. And, um, you know, all the way through, he's on the mainland bringing people over and he's got an edge of nastiness to him. But at the same time, he does seem to be you know, really taken with Malcolm yeah. and follows him and will yeah. do whatever Malcolm asks of him. Yeah. But at the same time, especially as the film progresses, his kind of moral compass comes around a bit more as well. Yeah. Um, are we getting close to spoiler territory? Well, I think we are, yeah. We, we're getting that way. I don't, is there anything else we need to mention before spoilers? Do we need to do our six degrees of separation? Well, we can do, but you won't get one from me. <laughs> you will, well... Well, I can do seven. Well, let's have a go, shall we? Yeah, Should we do that then. now? You do yours. Okay, right. Well, I, I came up with two. So, bizarrely, I did one myself that I was pleased to get in five, and then I had to go again with a bit of help and to try and reduce it, but I ended up only yeah. doing six. So, for, for anyone who's... For any listeners, this is... Uh, we try and go link our last film, which was Whisper of the Heart, the uh, Studio Ghibli film, to Apostle in a kind of six degrees of separation way that you play um, at home. And uh, so by doing that, so this is us trying to match that, but uh, without use of the internet, no cheating, and, uh, and this time I've pretty failed miserably, but... Well, I, I did a, I did a, a not cheating and a cheating one. Yeah, go on then. Well, I'll tell you my cheating one first. This was the one that I went down where I, I cheated. I, um, Apostle obviously stars Michael Sheen. He was in the... Uh, why am I doubting this now? Michael Sheen in the Underworld films with Kate Beckinsale. Okay. I think, I'm sure he was. Kate Beckinsale was in Van Helsing with Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Who was in Les Mis with Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Who was in Ella Enchanted with Carrie Ewells. Who was in Whisper of the Heart? That's one five. Of the uh, is that five? Oh, right. Well, okay. So the one that I did without cheating. Yeah. Carrie Yules was in Whisper of the Heart. He was also in Glory. Okay. The uh, American yeah. Civil War type film, I, I think it was. Mean, yeah. Um, with Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Who was in Now You See Me 2. Right. With Daniel Radcliffe. No way was he in that. Who was in Harry Potter films with Emma Watson, who was in Beauty and the Beast with Dan Stevens. Yeah, that's very good. I'm really chuffed that I remembered that Carrie Ewells was in Glory with Martin Freeman. Because I'd I'd worked back from there, and then it was those last couple of little links. Um, Um, Mine, well, I managed seven, which is not six, obviously. But I went from... Carrie Ewells in Whisper of the Heart was in The Princess Bride with Robin Wright. Robin Wright was in Forrest Gump, directed by Robert Zemeckis. 
Robert Zemeckis also directed The Walk, uh, that starred Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He was in The Dark Knight Rises with Gary Oldman. And Gary Oldman plays Sirius Black in The Order of the Phoenix with Emma Watson in the Harry Potter series. He was in Boots and the Beast and Dan Stevens. Stevens. I was I was very disappointed I couldn't find something. Where was your where was your Hanks link? So anything when I went from Robin Wright to Forrest Gump. Yeah. With Hanks. With Hanks. That's when I Hanks was in the circle with Emma Watson. Oh he was, and I've seen that. Hanks was in the circle with Emma Watson. You could have done that. How many is that? Oh it's hardly any. It's like <laughs> four. Yeah, it's like four. There, How there we go. How did you not see that one? <laughs> Never mind. Right, anyway, moving on. Uh, swiftly moving on. Uh, so we'll go into our... I'm quite pleased we got that down to four, though. Yeah, yeah. It's that very was... good. I'm sure there's quicker ways. <laughs> I might do a bit of research later. So anyway, we're getting into spoiler territory. So from this point, if you've... Um, if you've seen Apostle and you want to listen on, then please do. If you haven't seen Apostle and you don't want to know what happens, then switch off now and come back later. The Random Movie Men Podcast. A podcast by men about random movies. So, spoilers. Spoiler alert. So... This is another reason why I quite like this film, because it does kind of, then, as you go through, it never plays it safe. You know, a couple of the big then storylines to go through is the woman who we've already met, you know, underground. Yeah. She appears to be some sort of goddess linked to the island. I saw her as a kind of a, a demon-y kind of thing. Okay. But then when you were talking about it, about... She's referred to as the goddess. Yeah. You get this, actually, she almost, she provides life to the island. So yeah. a demon maybe is the wrong way to think about it. So the, so the, the way that works then is the bloodletting yeah. that takes place. Yeah. They, uh, they take the blood, Malcolm and Frank and Quinn take the blood and they feed it to this woman who is kind of, at times, almost kind of imprisoned in this... This uh, kind of big mesh of viney plant yeah. type thorns. Yeah, like like she is a part living of part of the island. Yeah, and in feeding her the blood, that then somehow feeds back into the island, which makes the crops grow. And yeah, yeah. but it, but that's almost like a direct route for for the blood because if they spill blood yeah. on the earth. That yeah. small patch of earth blossoms. Yeah. So this is a way of kind of spreading, spreading it on yeah. a much wider scale yeah. in a way. And of course, what we then find out is that this this way of feeding the land and, and coaching the crops to grow hasn't been working. Yeah. And the reason they've kidnapped the sister of Thomas is because they want to try and get a ransom to buy things they need yeah to, to buy food to sustain them so that you know the although they're going about it nefariously yeah they're not looking to kill this woman no. or anything they are it's a genuine kind of way to make money yeah to um buy yeah. more cattle and yeah. more animals that they can yeah sacrifice to the to the island but also to provide food yeah and then the other sort of plot point that then goes through is that the um, the daughter and son of Quinn and Frank uh, respectively um, they are Fionn and Fionn Jeremy, and Jeremy. Mm. they're having a not an affair but they, no. they're in love yeah. and they are together and, um, and she's fallen pregnant so the um, they're planning on getting away yeah. They think that, go to the mainland. Yeah, go to the mainland, and they want yeah. to set up life for themselves away yeah. from the the religion, away from the island. Yeah. Um, and when he when she finds out she's pregnant, it's all fantastic. But then her father, Quinn, is is very you know 
suspects something's going on with his daughter. He doesn't suspect yeah. the boy at all to no. start with, no. but he suspects there is something going on with her and he's sort of snooping round her and stuff and eventually discovers that she's pregnant. Yeah. And then from when he finds out that she's pregnant, yeah. it then opens to a couple of scenes which are probably the most... Yeah, two of the most violent... Violently scenes, scenes of yeah. the film... Although, I mean, actually, the, the first of those, you you really see much more of the aftermath of it. You do, yeah. So he, um, because he's found out his daughter is pregnant, he, he knows that she's not married. He believes her to be impure because of that, because of her being um, pregnant. And, um, and sort of sends him, he's already going a bit yeah. mad anyway. Yeah. Uh, but this then sends him over the edge, and he and he kills her. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy then walks back into the hut yeah. to find father has killed daughter, and tries to kill him. Yeah. But they have a really you know intense fight right. yeah. where there's lots of um, lots of violence and a fair bit of bloodshed. Yeah. And then the father stumbles out of the hut mm. and cries that his daughter has been killed by the boy. Yeah. Um, and as they're both covered in blood, it seems like a perfectly reasonable explanation of what has actually happened um, because you wouldn't expect necessarily the father to have killed his daughter. That scene was really tough, I thought. And this is where the filmmaker has done... The opposite to a graphic scene of violence yeah. initially is yeah. it doesn't show father killing the daughter at all. No. But then does show a great amount of violence when the father and the would be um yeah. boyfriend yeah. um have have a fight. Yeah. So that kind of juxtaposition between what he'll show and what he won't show, I think is really interesting. Yeah. And of course what comes next is the father accuses the boy and demands that he be uh, cleansed. cleansed, made pure. And the way of doing that, again, is shown fairly graphically. Yeah, they, this, was, this was the part of the film where, well, partway through, I paused it and went to do something else for a couple of minutes, made a cup of tea, because I was a bit concerned. Because they they take the boy yeah. and they strap him to a table contraption that yeah. keeps him in, in place, a vice in his head, which actually was a really interesting bit when they first clamp him down and they squeeze start to squeeze his head into mm. place, is the cameras from his point of view yeah. and kind of darkened That's from yeah. the sides of the edge. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. So yeah. There's me thinking it's going to go all like Joe Pesci in Casino. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then and then I just had to break. Because they introduce what is essentially a large kind of drill. That's positioned at the top of his head. Yeah, it's, it's a bit like one of those kind of boring drills. Boring drill holes. with a hole saw on the end of it. Yeah. That would have to be manually cranked. Yeah. And it was just... And they go into the top of the head. And they go into the top of the head, yeah. It's not pleasant. No. At all. Although, the, I mean, the camera angles that shot from no, you no. don't see it going into the top of the head. No, you don't. But you see the aftermath. Yeah, you do. Yeah, which is not pleasant. <coughs> no, not pleasant at all. And, I mean, this is, you know, Gareth Evans' other films, especially in The Raid, um, you know, they are very... You know, you see a lot of blood and, and yeah. everything. It doesn't shy away from bones no. breaking and no. people being stabbed and slashed and shot and all the rest of it. So it didn't surprise me that yeah. this happened. Yeah. But at the same time, I wasn't overly happy with it. But it was really powerful because yeah. the because Quinn has gone from killing his daughter to then killing her the love of her life who's also the son of one of his, of one of his closest friends. friends and his descent into madness yeah. and power yeah. is kind of 
completed at that point. Yeah, because and it's a dissent that's kind of caused by his, he will do anything to maintain what they have created yeah. on the island. That's, yeah. that's his... And this is how he thinks, because just before he, they go through the, the, um, the ritual of this cleansing, mm. um, some of the villagers are saying, we can't make those decisions, only the prophet Malcolm can make yeah. those. And he pronounces them, Malcolm to be a false prophet, and for yeah. him to be in charge. Yeah. So it was, it was really powerful. I mean, not just because of the way the gore and you know how graphic it is but it's powerful in the way he's acting it's really where he's really yeah. good in it I yeah. really like him yeah. and uh, he, the switch in power on the island is really clear and obvious you know it's really in your face and it's at this point really that we start to because just following that Frank returns yeah. Malcolm returns and all the main players are brought back together at this one big point where it, it then leads into this kind of final descent to the, the end of the film. Yeah. So, and I mean, that descent is, is again, it kind of... Well, it keeps up the pace. That's the, that's the part of it, is that starting with the father killing the daughter... Yeah. It never lets off after that. No, it doesn't. It just keeps going and going and going. And again, this is another trope of, you know, Gather Evans' films. Yeah. I mean, the raid is essentially yeah. five minutes of build-up and then a 90-minute fight. Yeah. And then it finishes. This is a much bigger build-up, admittedly, but the last half an hour 40 minutes of the film are really full on and yeah. they can you know and it goes from one step to the other logically and you know and pushes through but it's set in a very short time frame and there's a lot to take in and a lot to and, and that kind of build up of tension and violence is continual from that point onwards yeah and you you kind of just get a couple of brief sort of catchy breath moments within that don't you yeah. so there's the moment where Thomas is sort of reunited with his sister and, and that scene um, and, and a couple of other moments where it just slows the pace ever so slightly but then they're back on the move again yeah so um, should we talk about the woman yeah her the character is called her her yeah so she's it's, it's strange really because she's kind of coupled with Another character yeah. who kind of is her protector in a way. Yeah. And I think his character is called the Grinder. The Grinder. Which is all you need to know about exactly. that guy. Yeah, we know what he does. <laughs> <laughs> so, but her character is, you know, we've already said it, intrinsically linked with the island yeah. and needs the blood sacrifice to sustain her. But she's kept in in such a way that it's, it's, it's obvious that she doesn't want to be there. Yeah. It isn't what she would want of herself. Yeah. And only then, when she receives the blood, does she then sort of guzzle and yeah. and sort of come more to life. But, you know, it's a, it's unwanted yeah. initially. And then... Because essentially she's a prisoner, isn't she? Yeah, she's, yeah. She's, she's been held by the other three and kind of guarded by this grinder guy who... Yeah, it's part of the, the process of feeding her and trying to nourish the, the land, um, which sort of does link into that idea of not wanting to be there. Yeah, absolutely. So the are we just going to go not right to the end? but Well, essentially what happens is Thomas gets caught. Yeah. Uh, and he finds himself with the grinder about to become the kind of next food source for, yeah, yeah. for, this, for the woman, for her. Um, but he he manages to escape, and then essentially he he goes to the woman, and she asks him to free her, to free her, to sort of put her out of her misery, really. Yeah. Um, and at this point, there's a lot going on because he he does that. He also finds his sister. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm and Quinn are. At odds with each other at this point. Yeah. Um, Quinn has shot Malcolm. He shoots Malcolm. Um, yeah, and but then he's also after Thomas. And, yeah. And his sister, whose name is 
Jennifer. The whole place goes up in flames. There's yeah. a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he set <laughs> to set free her. He he sets her alight. Yeah. Uh, so you I suppose that's a very wicker manny thing to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, but then that that sort of takes then the whole village goes up. Yeah. And then it is just a race to get off. Yeah, because the there are boats, aren't there? Yeah. There are boats going to leave the island, and a lot of the islanders have, have kind of headed to the boats. Yeah. Um, but there is the race then for, for Thomas, his sister, but also Malcolm's daughter, who has been kind of helping Thomas a little bit along yeah. the way. The three of them are kind of heading to try and get to the boats to escape the yeah. island. So Thomas is, um, has been injured, he's been stabbed several times by Quinn in, in yeah. their tussle. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so he's not in a good way, but he manages to get most of the way across the island. Yeah. But then, you know, as it happens, he's with his sister and he's um, and with Malcolm's daughter. Yeah. And um, they get to the boats and then... Um, the two, the two women, the two women manage to get onto the boat, but they have to leave him because yeah. he can't go on anymore. I thought they'd have him a bit easily. You know what I'm saying? They didn't seem to make much effort to convince him to try and make that last bit of the journey. Yeah, he's yeah, he, he'd been stabbed loads of times. He has been stabbed quite a lot, but yeah. So he he remains. They go off. They go off, and then just right at the very end. The Prophet Malcolm comes over the brow of the hill yeah. to find Thomas lying on the floor dying. So he sits sits down. Sits down is him, and then they both kind of give weird little smiles. Well, I mean the big spoiler is obviously what happens yeah. when Thomas So Thomas bleeds li- all over the floor. Yeah. So he lies down, he bleeds on the floor, blood gets immediately soaked up into the earth, which then creates this sort of life mm. of the island and then the plant life around him kind of goes sends vines sends vines type things into him yeah and so now he is his eyes then milk over go over like the like the woman's did yeah yeah and now he is that lifeblood of the island and and I, I think that was effectively what was the Prophet Malcolm's little smile was. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, that's like... Yeah. Oh, right. But even okay. Thomas's, as he's been taken over, yeah. he gave a little... A smile. Yeah. yeah. Was that smile or a grimace? I don't know. Maybe. So it, it kind of sets the idea up then that Malcolm is going to be able to continue essentially yeah. doing what he's been doing, but just by keeping yeah. Thomas prisoner and feeding him blood. Yeah. Although he has been shot pretty badly. He has. Yeah, so whether he survives is another Yeah, it's another thing. But he's Michael Sheen, so he probably did. Yeah. What did you think of the ending? Um, I quite liked it, actually. Right. I thought it was quite appropriate. Right. Um, I'm not one for, for, for liking it when everyone gets away. No. I think it's good that you do something. Yeah. I don't, I don't know whether I particularly think that him being taken over by the island and then effectively replacing the goddess is necessarily the best ending. No. I mean, he could have just died. Yeah. Or he could have got onto the boat with his sister. Yeah. And uh, and, uh, and Malcolm's daughter. I don't. I think if he'd got on the boat, I'd have been a bit like, all oh, right. Yeah. They'll get away. They'll get away. So, I don't, I don't want to sound pleased he died, because that's not uh, the right thing to say, but I'm not, um, I think it was a, I don't think it was a huge misstep that he becomes that thing, but at the same time, I would have quite happily just accepted that yeah, he yeah. manages to help people get away, but then he just dies. Yeah. Well, I think that would have been the ultimate, because what, one of the things we find out during the film is that he was a, a missionary to China, but he was persecuted in China, wasn't he, for trying yeah. to kind of bring Christianity to yeah. China. And I think maybe if he'd have died, there would have been something there about, you know, the ultimate sacrifice to himself to save the life of yeah. his sister. That I think that would have been a better ending. Yeah, and I think I think it would have been a good ending. I always think with endings like the one we got, it, it's almost that kind of 
Uh, set up for a sequel. Yeah, a little bit. I don't think they will do a sequel for this. I don't think they will, but it almost... I know what you mean, but then they... It's kind of a classic horror ending, though. Setting up something that isn't going to come along necessarily. Yeah. It's, you know, they come back or this comes back. But I think a better ending probably would have been that, at the end of the day, a lot of people died on the island. Most people got away. Yeah. And then... If he, if uh, Thomas had died saving his sister, yeah. and then it was just left Malcolm on the island on his own with no way of sustaining himself, yeah. whilst he's been injured, I think that would have that been, been quite a fitting ending. ending. Mm. Shall I tell you, Vive? I don't know how you're going to make of this, but do you know what I think would have made this a much better film? Go on. Just remove all the supernatural stuff. I don't disagree with that. I, I think if they'd have just had it as a fairly straight religious cult who believe that in some way yeah. the bloodletting is, you know, feeding the land and got rid of all that supernatural element, yeah. then I think... See, the other thing with that is that they could have kept a certain amount of it. They could have had that they believe that the bloodletting... They could have kept some of the supernatural stuff in. Right. At the very beginning, yeah. if you saw it through Dan Stevens' character's eyes, because right. he's constantly on opiates. Yeah. Throughout the film, yeah. he drops opiate. Yeah. So you so could get rid have of the, the, this goddess woman who and the overt yeah. supernaturalism. Yeah. Apart from if you saw it through, yeah, a dragon adult mind, yeah. Which yeah. he then then feeds, and then when he finds out about the bloodletting, that then feeds into a kind of a fantasy. Yeah. I think that would have been better. Yeah. No. But it is what it is. I'm glad I'm not the only one who had that thought. No, no, I do think it would have been a lo- not a lot better, but it would have been better. Yeah. I prefer something that is a lot more subtle yeah. with a supernatural edge to it. And it became less so as the film went on. Yeah. So, but all in all, I thought it was pretty decent, actually. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I thought it was pretty decent. I thought, I thought the setup and the the sort of early parts and everything was was very good. And then there was those moments of real pure shock that came in. And then I think it was just the very last bit of it where I thought, ah, oh, just maybe we should go a slightly different route. Yes. Yeah. What was your favourite scene? Probably. Oh, it's tough. Maybe the the scene with the church with the five guy with the guys all knelt down. I liked that bit. And then, despite my horror, then the the, the sacrifice, the cleansing. Right. I thought it was setting. I thought it was and the aftermath of that. I thought it was really, really clever. And the really like has a huge impact. Yeah. For on the film. Yeah. And the film had a huge impact on me because of that yeah. scene. So probably that. And I think also, I mean, it was very powerful because just before that, the, the two young lovers are talking about leaving, leaving the island yeah. and the plans and we're going to go and do this. And Yeah. yeah. So what about you? I really like the sort of really claustrophobic first time where he hides in the sewer and we first see the woman, yeah. see her. Um, especially as at that point we don't know who she is and it's like what the yeah, who's you that? know yeah. why is there some like crazy old woman in a, a sewer trying to get attack him I thought that was good there's a really nice little moment where he steps out of his room into the like the corridor outside his room and a boy appears at the far end of the room and he pretends he, he makes his hand into a gun I think and pretends to shoot him yeah. and the boy sort of pretends to go back as if he's been shot, and then he laughs and runs off. Yeah. I don't even know if there was really a purpose to that, but it was just, it set up that slightly creepy, yeah. it enhanced that slightly creepy sort of vibe of what's going on here. Yeah, there was another little creepy bit in that same corridor. When he first goes to his room, and he notices the blood jars, blood, yeah. and as he's walking down, a figure appears in the background and this is what I was talking about yeah, about the shining yeah. a figure of yeah. is he bends down and picks up one of the jars 
Yeah. When he stands up, the figure's no longer there. So yeah. he kind of just missed them, and then he switches around, and then the figure comes back again. Yeah. It, the little things, I thought, were, were, were clever. Good, yeah. And it, you know, it, it does set up that nicely creepy feel to it. Yeah. Um, out of ten? Seven. Yeah, I, I would, exactly what I would go with, a seven. Yeah, I'm pleased yeah. I watched it. Yeah. Okay. We need to let people know what film we are going to watch next, I think. Is there anything yeah. else we need to do? Just the Apostle, um, I don't know if we said it's, it only it's, it got released on Netflix um, only last October, so it's very, very recent, yeah. very new. Yeah, yeah so uh, next time we've uh, got our heads together and we've been thinking about what we'd like to watch. Um, and we're going back a little bit, something that's not, not quite as new and... Uh, Maybe not that old though. Not Maybe that old. A few years old. Um, but a bit more light-hearted. We're going yeah. to be watching Hail Caesar, the Coen Brothers. Yes, film. with uh, George Clooney and uh, I can't even think who else is in it now. No, neither can I. Clooney's in it. I know that. Oh, what's his name? The, he's quite a young. He's rolling in it. He's Josh Brolin in it. As Josh well. Brolin's in it. Yeah. Um, Channing Tatum's in it. Uh, I love Channing Tatum. I love Channing Tatum. Love Channing Tatum. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, it's got um, Ray, Ray Fiennes as well, I think. Oh, uh, right. Okay. I think. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, it sounds like there's a lot to love about that. Yeah. Particularly that Channing Tatum is in it. I exactly. think we've had this discussion in a previous podcast about have Channing Tatum. Have we? Yeah, I think we did. Oh, uh, well, he deserves the love, all the love he gets. He's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So um, we're going to watch that, we'll watch it as soon as we can, and then obviously we will get together and record the next podcast, which is uh, number six, as soon as we can. We're not going to promise anything, because these things sometimes take a couple of months to get done. So um, we we will let you know on um, Facebook and on On Twitter Twitter when we um, get this one released, and when we are going to record the next one as well. Yeah, so you can follow us on Twitter at Random Movie Men, same Random Movie Men on Facebook. Yeah. And you can go to our WordPress page, which is um, WordPress forward slash Random Movie Men dot com, I think. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Or maybe it's um, WordPress.com slash forward slash Random Movie um, Men. And some of our previous podcasts are on there, so you yeah. can go and have a listen to those as well. Right. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks very much. Thank you, Steve. Thank you very much, Paul. Take care. Bye. Bye.